Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Can I show you my collection of Decipher Star Trek oh RPG my gosh. books? Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I'm going to play them or not, but okay. I have them all. Can I just look at them? Are yeah, they pretty? Yeah. I mean, okay. they're nice. <laughs> so I guess so I guess you want to talk about collecting RPGs tonight. Uh yeah, I think I do want to talk a little bit about collecting and a little bit about playing. Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm your host, Phil, who collects the occasional game here and there. And I am your other host, Senda, who also collects the occasional game here and there and sometimes goes absolutely wild buying lots of games or like backing lots of Kickstarters. I mean, that's the same as buying games. I know, I know, but it was Zine Quest. It was like, whew, I gotta like put some hard limits on my Zine Quest time, you know? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, hey, our uh, topic for tonight um, is uncredited because we forgot to uh, write down who gave us the idea, but I know it came from the Slack room. Yes. And so I want to think it's Andrew Dacey, but I'm not 100% sure. So we're terribly sorry if it was you and we got it wrong. Please let us know. We tried to find it again and could not turn up the original conversation um, where the topic was asked. So, um, But we thought we'd address it anyway because it seemed like a cool thing to talk about. What is our topic for tonight? Yeah. So our topic for tonight is um, collecting versus playing games or like the nature of how we buy games and or back Kickstarters, are they for collecting or for play? And how do those things kind of mishmash back and forth and turn into each other? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yes. So I would like to start us off with a couple of definitions. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> I, I think these are going to be somewhat self-explanatory, but for <laughs> the sake of our discussion tonight, I always like having a nice little definition um, to set some uh, discussion boundaries. So um, let me start with the dictionary definition of the word collect, right? Systematically seek and acquire items of a particular kind as a hobby. Mm-hmm. I, there were a couple definitions for collect. I like yeah. that one. I think this that is, one is. I think that's one of the one that applies to how we correct. are using it. Yes. Um, but let me give an RPG version of that definition, which is to buy a game or supplement for the sake of owning it, not necessarily playing it. Yes. Okay. Uh, which then uh, leads to uh, the definition for play, which I think is super obvious, which is to use a game or supplement for its intended purpose or in support of another game. So mm-hmm. its intended purpose is like if I buy the core rule book, like if I buy Fate Core uh, and I play Fate Core, then I'm playing the game that I bought. Yes. Um, if I buy a Forgotten Realms, um, if I buy a 5e, um, 5e Forgotten Realms source book and I use it for my fate fantasy game, yeah. um, I am still kind of playing that book, but not not for its intended purpose. I'm using it in support of another game. Yes. But you're okay. still using it for play. Now, I thought about this because we just did a whole bunch of show prep before we hit the mics. And I... Yeah. Um, there is something that I think 
we implied with the topic that I'm going to just be very clear about. I think that what we're going to talk about leans more towards physical books than digital, but it is possible to do all of this with digital, right? Like, I don't really think about collect when it comes to digital. Um, I think about collect in terms of what I have physically, like on a shelf for display. So we can absolutely get into this later. I actually have a fascinating dichotomy where um, I use my PDF collection for a specific purpose, which is different than my print collection. And so I would say my print collection, I agree with you, has a lot of the collect vibes that we're going to start talking about. Mm -hmm. And I actually use my PDFs differently than that. Um, So I think they have a place in the discussion, but I do also understand why when we talk about collect versus play, if we're talking about collection, then yes, I agree with you. Generally, my print collection is a collection, like collect, it's the word, right? Um, So yes. Well, you know, then I'm going to add one more uh, on the fly definition because this literally sure. this topic is evolving as we discuss as we it. talk about it. That's that's how and, these mics work, right? Sure. And I'm gonna <laughs> and I'm gonna put um, I'm gonna put up the definition of um, display, right? So sure. to show off, right? Yeah. Like because I think that's when we talk about collecting books, physical books versus PDFs, the real difference gets into I can't really display yeah my pdfs right, the way i can display my hardcover world of darkness um vampire collection there's right? no like, there's no pdf shelfies yeah. yeah exactly nobody like nobody <laughs> takes pictures of like their directory and they're like check <laughs> like, it out <laughs> like <laughs> check out my pdfs like <laughs> No, and that's true. So, because a lot, because some of the stuff we're going to talk about tonight would have had a very strong connotation of book, but there are times where one um, may collect, um, you know, may collect PDFs, but I find it to probably be a little less likely. Like, I buy a lot of PDFs. Yes. Um, but often the price differential between PDF and book is the reason why I will buy, I'm more likely to buy a thing in the, col- well, you know what? We're going to get to that in a yeah, minute. Yeah, I'm like, no, this is, you're you're hitting on it exactly. Yeah, no, no. This let's... is why I don't, I don't think we cut PDFs or digital files out of this conversation. No, they no, just no. hold a different place yes. for me because I tend to use them differently, react to them differently and buy them for slightly different reasons. Yep, yep. No, no, yep. I'm good. It's good. I'm, <laughs> okay, <let's>, um, good. <laughs> good. All right, so now that we've talked about collecting games and we talked about playing games um let's be clear that um these things are not mutually exclusive yes thank I, just <laughs> right just because i buy a game to play doesn't mean that i can't also collect it or that at some point later i may keep it around only for a collection purpose rather than future play yes uh and vice versa i may buy something um just because it was pretty or it was nostalgic or something with no intent to play it and then wind up playing it later. Yes. Or I may be like, boy, this this game seems really, really interesting. Um, I definitely know that I want to play it, but it's also really pretty. So I think I will get the print version so that I can also collect it. Yeah. And, and to tack on to that, I might get, in, in terms of a Kickstarter, I might get the deluxe edition Right. 
because I want to collect it as well as um, as well as play it. Yes. Right, and by collect it, I mean I not only want to collect it, I probably want to display probably my want really to pretty show book. it off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Good. This is good. <laughs> this is good. I am. Um, We're just it's funny keep digging in. <laughs> well, it's funny because sometimes when people toss out topics like this, they're always afraid. They're like, "Oh, I don't know. It doesn't sound like it's much of a topic." And it's like, you know, nah, um, we can totally talk about this. Well, for like an once hour. you start digging into it. <laughs> Like, yeah. once you start digging into it, like, we usually can pull a topic out of almost anything. Yeah, and really what we're going to, what we're sitting down to do tonight is to sort of pick apart the psychology mm-hmm. of how we, like, for us, at least individually and from our personal experiences, how and why there are things that we want physically in a displaying kind of way and how and why maybe there are things that we're less concerned about having in a display or collecty kind of way, right? Sure. And yep. that's, it's really kind of interesting to think about because I think it actually has a lot to do with um, how, you know, as a whole, as like gamers who buy more than one game, right? Who play more than one game. Like we all have different theories about how we approach that and like what we get and what we don't. And so I just think it's cool to talk about actually, like what what oh, makes yeah. you do the thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just... Like, as we're sitting here talking about it, like, I'm, I'm evolving more and more thoughts about this. So, this will be great. Yes. Cool. All right. Let's. Uh, so, we're going to do um, what I think is the obvious and easy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's do part the easy of this stuff first. first. We're just going to check this part off. Yeah. Right. So, in order for us to round out the whole episode, we need to start. We're going to start by talking about why do you buy a game that you're going to play? Right. Which is, it's obvious because you want to play it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for lack of anything else, it, it means that like you looked at a game and you were like, oh, yes. damn, I want to play this game. I want to play this. That's yeah, what ab- happened to me with Zine Quest this year. I was like, oh, all these journaling games, I want to do them all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, I've done this, you know, like I remember um, like Jim likes games like Jim's Table, oh, like at Metatopia. Yeah, I'd have a oh, budget. Yeah. 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 Like, like you just, I have $60 to spend and that is it. That table was uh, like an indie game, an indie <sighs> gamer's paradise, right? It was like you beautiful. just, you'd walk up to the table and you'd be like, oh, so many things I need to just play here. Touch them all. Cause it'd be, it would be stuff that you would have seen around yes. on the internet. And then you'd be like, oh, in print, oh, in print. Oh, I just yes. put my fingers in. Oh my God. I haven't heard of this one. How is that possible? Right. Yeah. So the reason that we buy games to play is fairly obvious, but I think that it goes to say that there's a couple different um, gradations of yeah, tiers. So, would you say yes. even? Yeah. Right. So the first tier I think is pretty obvious. It's uh, I'm buying this game because I'm going to play it right away. Yes. Which I have done so- with some frequency in my life because sometimes it's like, ah, we need a game for She's a Super Geek that is two players that we can play in one hour. This one looks great. Bye. Sure. Um, you know, in, in just recently, um, just recently, like I started up my iHunt game. Yeah. Um, and like once, like none of, I think, I think Glenn owned the game when we decided to play it and I didn't own it. So I was like, oh, I need to go get a copy of iHunt. Yeah. I'm going um, to play this. Now I need the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, game like play is imminent, right? Like it's, yeah. um, which we're, like, uh, we're playing right now once more into the void, right? Yes. So, went and bought once more into the void so that we could play it exactly that (laughs) that week (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah so so sometimes we buy games because we're gonna play them right away 
Yeah. Sometimes we buy games because we're going to play them someday. <laughs> yeah, so that's the specific pile where you're like, ooh, I really want to play this. It looks really interesting. But I'm already in three campaigns, and also I don't know if the people in my current home group are really going to be into this, but I super am. Yes. <laughs> this, I believe, is the reader's um, to-be-read pile. Yes. Right. This is so the if one you're... that gets us all in trouble. Yeah. So, like, if you're a reader, like, you have a pile of books that, like, you're going to read someday. I feel really um, called out right now. <laughs> yeah. I was actually thinking of, uh, I was actually just thinking of your college uh, friend and author, mm-hmm. um, Mariah. Yeah, I'm who... sure that hers is worse than mine. But she has a number of t- I... she has a number of TikTok jokes about yes. her to to read pile. Yeah, to if be y'all read are pile. into like steamy romance, you should totally check out Mariah Ankenman because she writes fantastic steamy romance and I will just say it. Mhm. Mhm. So yeah, the someday pile I think so the someday pile is um is one tricky and um two is an excuse I think we tell ourselves ah, um, yeah. to justify buying a game. Because we we but but there is still the desire to play. The game has sparked oh, yeah. in us the desire to play it, even if we know that for whatever reason or circumstance that it's not gonna happen in a now way. But we don't want to let the opportunity to play it in the future pass us by, even if we're only tricking ourselves into thinking it will actually happen. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I, I definitely buy and back a number of games where um, I'm not 100% sure that they're going to make it to the table based on my current game group. Yes. But I am, but I'm super interested in playing it. And so I really want, um, like, I really want to get it to the table at some point. Like, for instance, um, Cartel is a game that um, I am super interested in. Um, I love narco fiction and things like that. And right. And I've read, you know, like I've, I've, I've watched movies and all that stuff. And I got, I even have a couple books that I haven't cracked the spine on yet. Um, that I've been wanting to read. So well, look, very, a to be read pile. <laughs> I do. I do. Like I have, I have one on, um, Pablo Escobar and I have one on, uh, El Chapo that I've been meaning to read. Um, so anyway, I don't know when I'm going to get to play that. Uh, there are enough people in my gaming circle to put a group together to play it, but I have games running right now. Yeah, that and that's, but, so that's just a time thing, right? Yeah, so I was just like, I'm going to buy this game because I am going to play it, comma, someday. someday. <laughs> um, it's funny that I have ended up playing it with my home group before you that's, that's yeah i was a little sad about that i was a little jelly like sorry. i was a little jealous about that but eh, no it's fine i mean you're it was great you, there was blood <laughs> oh yeah yeah no i mean it went bad oh, i assure boy. you i assure you mine will be uh, a dark dramatic yours um, may be darker ours was not light but uh, yours is probably gonna be even darker yeah um so yeah the someday piles that is definitely a thing and then the other reason you might buy a game for quote play uh is reference research or inspiration yeah, and so that's when you pick up something, but you're actually intending to use bits and pieces of either the game itself or the setting or whatever, you know, that's in there that is interesting to you. You're going to use it and incorporate it into something else and yeah. not necessarily use the game as written or the book as written, but you're going to take the pieces you want and just plug them in somewhere else. Yeah, like, I mean, you might you might grab up a D&D adventure and run it in uh, Dungeon Crawl Classic. Right, because why not? Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, or you know, you might uh, pick up a you might pick up another cyberpunk game because you want some you know ideas <laughs> yeah, for you, your you current cyberpunk one? game. Yes. <laughs> I have not yet. I have not yet. Okay. That's um, uh, it's on my list, but again, it falls in it falls heavily into the someday. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll talk yeah, about yeah. buying patterns in a little bit yeah. because um, how I buy things also has to do with um, concepts of right away, someday, and probability that it's going to make it to the table kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, all right. So the play part is obvious, but I, I think I'll say, and I, I, we're both going to mention this, right? Of all my gaming purchases, 95% of my purchases are with the intent to play uh, the game, whether it's right away, someday, or whatever. Like 95% of my purchases, I almost never purchase a game uh, just to put it on my shelf. I I am a, um, I'm an ardent believer, and I have been since I was young, that role-playing games are a medium, is an active medium, not a passive medium. Like, like the like you should play role playing games they're meant to be played um as opposed to a book which you just like is passive cuz you read it yeah. like and it tells you a story so 95% of my purchases are with an intent to play now how do i do on in terms of how many of them get to the table it's prob i i, I wrote 50 in my notes it's probably i optimistic. bet you it's i bet you that's an optimistic number <laughs> because um, I just wind up buying more games than I have time to run games. Yes. And since new games keep coming out. Yeah, and we keep um, buying them. It gets worse and worse because um, what happens is that Someday Pile is um, also based on my current moods and interests. Yeah. And so sometimes things that were like, oh, I'm totally going to play this game someday – uh, fade backwards down the list because now I'm just like not as much into that thing. Right. Yeah. It just changes with our moods and stuff. I mean, so I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I would say 90 to 95% of the games that I buy, I really am buying with the intent to play. Um, and um, I think my percentage of succeeding is probably lower, which is really funny because um, I actually have a lot of history of, of picking up games um, that I was intentionally, for example, and this is just like because of the way that I used to do actual play, right? This is, this comes into it a bunch for me because I used to play lots of new games all the time so that they were on She's a Super Geek, right? Um, so I, I played more that way and I used to buy things specifically to be on She's a Super Geek or potentially to be on She's a Super Geek. And then um, the longer the show went on, the more I just had people who were lined up. Um, and I wasn't yeah. ever taking anything off the shelf because somebody was doing a Kickstarter and they wanted to come on and run it. And like, awesome, I love that. I want to support you, right? Um, so like, you know, the last, um, the last like couple years of the show, kind of excluding where we lost it for the pandemic, um, like, I wasn't taking anything off of my shelf, even though every time we went to Metatopia, I was still buying things. To- right. <laughs> I, was like, I was there. I know. But, like, I always bought them with the intent that was like, this could oh, work sure. really well, right? Um, so I think my success rate there is probably, like, 30%. Like, I never buy anything that I don't think I'm going to play, obviously, or that I'm not interested in playing. Um 
But, well, I guess, I, okay, I, I rarely buy anything. Yeah, that I was going to say, 5%. That's, that's not quite true. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, there, there are things that I have definitely gotten that I'm like, I just need to have a copy of this, but I don't know that I'm ever going to play it. Um, but yeah, so so it's probably 90 95% is with the intent, the true intent to play. The best intentions. I will say what has, um, <laughs> I will say, so for me, what what hurts me in terms of how many games I can field to the table um, is the fact that um, I play a lot of campaigns. Yeah, you do. And like, <laughs> and like for instance, like I'm coming up on two years yeah. of my Forbidden Lands campaign, Yeah, which means that that game group yeah. has only been playing one game. For two years. For two years, yes. right? Where my other game group plays like... Um, like every six months or so we turn over a game. So that's four game, like three more potential games I could have been playing that I didn't because I'm still running Forbidden still Lands. Still running Forbidden Lands, yeah. And it's so it's fun because my 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 local group, we shift back and forth between short campaigns and like one shots or two shots, um, which works really well for us. Um, but it does mean that most of the time we get to play more games, except that we also tend to default back to some of the same ones which is an interesting thing that we'll talk about later, right? There are just like one or two that really work for us that when we get into that place where we're just like, ugh, what do we want to do tonight? I don't know. We want to play. We don't want to learn new rules. Let's just do, we're just going to play yes again is really what it comes down to. We're just going to play yes again. So there's times that we replay things. Sure. Specifically, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> A lot. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So I think that covers play um, more than I think people thought play could be covered. Right. I mean, I think we really dug in on that. Um, no, it's okay. And it's good. It's good. To, I mean, I think a lot of this, uh, you know, when we talk about play versus collect, a lot of it's psychological because it's so like, again, because these are not mutually exclusive I like terms. Right. Well, So there was actually one more interesting thing that I was going to add that I had noted to myself and I forgot sure. about as we were having that actual conversation because it went into other deeper things. Um, which is that I have, this is where I start to have the feels about PDFs, right? Because um, frequently I will look at something and I will say, I want to play that. And then I'm like, I'm not necessarily worried about collecting it. And I buy PDFs. I buy so many PDFs. So I have like so many PDFs and I have space considerations, but I have so many PDFs um, because I look at a PDF and I say, yes, I'm going to play that. And we're going to get into more of this in a second. It's I funny it's because I'm going to tell you, yeah. I'm going to tell you that mine is the opposite of that. Interesting. The, mine's the opposite of that. I will buy more PDFs even if I don't think I'm going to play them. I am also more likely to buy a PDF if I am supporting it for a reason that is not necessarily me oh. actually playing it. Right. Then we're going to get to that. We got to jump into the next section. We're going to get ahead of ourselves. Yes. <laughs> let's talk about collecting. All right. Why? Why would you collect a role-playing game, right? Uh, like we we compiled we compiled a bunch of reasons. Yes, we did. Um, and I think why don't we just why don't we switch off back and forth through sure. through these reasons? Yes, yes. So why don't you start? Okay, um, you might be a completionist, so this is part of a set, and you want to have all of them, which is a valid even if you like even if right, you're not even if, use the rest of them. Yeah, exactly. Like you really like, um, you know, like you really dug your vampire. Uh, v20 game and like you just you, you gotta have like you had most of the clan books but not all of them and now you gotta just get those last couple right and that's it's totally valid you can collect them for that point absolutely 
Um, another reason you might want to collect is a game is rare. Um, for instance, if you are old like me, um, are you going to talk about underground? Uh, yeah, actually, I, let me let me talk about underground. Right, so underground is um, right. Underground's a game that wasn't super popular, and it wasn't. Um, it actually had a, a decent number of books. It was not by a small publisher. It was Mayfair who published it at the time, um, but um, wasn't super popular. And so after its run, it wasn't that easy to find. Um, so sometimes, and I did this um, long after I played. Long after I played it, um, I still wound up just collecting uh, books from it by like um, sifting through um, eBay. Yeah. Right, trying to scare up a couple of the pieces that I didn't have. Right. So sometimes you buy them because they're rare. Yeah, or um, I'm going to mention a store that's here in Denver, and for anybody who's in the area or going to ever visit here or anything, the place that you got to go if you're interested in old collectors RPGs um, is Black and Red. It's, I know. It's and beautiful. Didn't I, didn't I make you stand there as I went through and was like, ah, see this yes. game and like? <laughs> that's yes. why I was like, I have to mention this. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So they might be rare. They might be aesthetically pleasing, right? Um, mm -hmm. And that gets into a lot of like that display or showing off. I can think of like off the top of my head, um, the book that I would want for this that I also am not at all sure that I could ever personally play because of my personal history. Um, although I think it's a beautiful and fascinating game is Bluebeard's Bride. It is gorgeous. Yes, it's absolutely. so beautiful, and was made to be, and was made to be like a table, like a um, a coffee table book. It's yeah. like a square, square format. It's and low, and I would, I would actually love to just have that book on the shelf, knowing that it would be very difficult for me personally to play safely. I don't know if I care. Like I'm still so tempted consistently to just have that book. <laughs> I, I will mention a publisher um, who um, makes a considerable amount of money on this principle. Is it which is. What's that? Sorry, go ahead. I have a guess. It, Keep going. It's Goodman Games. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, Goodman Games routinely releases uh, copies of Dungeon Crawl Classics with different covers. Oh, yeah. They so, do a comic book thing? No. They will, yeah. They oh. will just go get, like, they'll go get a classic fantasy artist. Like, they got, like, you know, uh, Jeff Easley and things like that. And uh, just had them do a cover. Like there's an Errol Otis cover, I think, and there's a Jeff Easley cover who Apparently did um right. Yeah. What's that? Keep going. Sorry. No, keep oh. going. So um so collectors, DCC fans, will buy the rule book again oh, with boy. that cover. And there are and there are people I've seen them like I've seen DCC fans who have like seven or eight of these collector covers. Now I will tell you the entire inside of that book is exactly the same. It is only the cover that is different. Um, and again, if you've ever seen a DCC um, rule book, it's a fucking tome, right? <laughs> so they're not small. Like, they got like eight of these monsters on a shelf, but they buy them because the are like part of it's a set, right? The set, but it's also aesthetically pleasing because they really dig the cover artist, right? And it's unique, then, right? Each one of them is unique, part of a set, and aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, all of the above. So I, that's a, I that's mean, a thing. I think that it bears mentioning. Um, one other one in here, right? If we talk about Tales from the Loop and Things from the Flood, which are essentially both art books as well as RPGs. Um, 
Yes. I mean, I actually have the art books for both of I know. those. As separate, as separate, as actual um, separate things, but like the yeah. art that goes with those, because oh yeah, yeah, they're beautiful on the inside because yeah. they're made from the the art the books. art books. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they're gorgeous. So yeah, they're yeah they're they're very aesthetically pleasing um, in that case. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next reason you might back a game is to support a specific designer or publisher. Yeah. So I shouldn't say back. You might collect a game. Yes. So you might just buy this game with no intention of playing it because um, you support the designer, the publisher, and I'll add another slash to that, the project slash work. Yeah. Right? Like The purpose. Yeah. So I have, I have a couple games on my shelves that I absolutely, from the moment I backed them on Kickstarter, was like, I will... Probably never run this yes. game. Yes. <laughs> uh, I believe this game needs to exist. Yep. This game is good. Um, what it what it adds to the discourse of role playing games is good. Therefore, I'm gonna I'm going to I'm gonna give my support and get a copy. But I'm literally gonna just take it and put it on a shelf. Now, yes. no designer wants to hear that right yeah. like designers want their games to be played um not to be shelved but um which is also part of the reason why i'm not going to name names because yeah. i don't want designers to feel bad or anything but it is absolutely true that sometimes uh, i buy a game to support the designer in part sometimes because i think like i said the game needs to exist sometimes i think the designer needs to exist yeah yeah right and so or both yeah and sometimes both yeah and I, um, I think that, that this is what accounts for my 5% of not necessarily going to play, yep. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, and it's good. Like it's, um, and that's, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like I think we, you know, as a, like, again, as a designer, I would love if people, you know, bought the games that we made, um, to play them, but also like if somebody bought one just because they wanted, you know, because, you know, they like what we do. Um, and, you know, just want us to keep doing it so that, you know, maybe something down the road they'll play. Like, that's, that's okay. Fine. We unfortunately live in a capitalist society. And one of the most effective ways to make your voice heard in terms of what is available for sale is to vote with your dollars. And so that's essentially what we're doing um, within like a reasonably small pool, you know, of people. Yeah, absolutely. To pull monetary resources from because like nobody's going to make billions in indie game design. Let's just call that like it is. <laughs> no, I mean like for instance, um now this is a this isn't a um collect reason, but I think I'll I'll just bring this up. Um I bought the hardcover of I Hunt rather than just the um PDF because I wanted to support uh, the authors. Yeah. Like I really dug, I really dug the game. You and, are and, literally and, playing it. <laughs> well, and we are playing, but I mean, here's the thing. Like I had somebody shoot me over a copy of the PDF so I could see it. Now I could have just run the game from that PDF. Yeah. But like I read the like I, I, I went through the PDF and I was like, okay, I really dig what this game's doing. I need to support these designers. Yeah. I'm going to, and you know, I have some economic privilege. I'm going to go purchase um, the more expensive uh, print set. Yeah. Um, and and did. And I was, and happily, and happily did so, right? Like, I was happy to show support for that. And as it turns out, it's a game I, I am running. But anyway, we should get back to our collect yes. reason. Um, we talked about supporting designers and publishers. Um, what's another one? Oh, 
sorry. Um, you you might be keeping it as a souvenir of a game that you've already played, right? A past game. Mm-hmm. So this is what happens when, for example, I still have all my my third edition and three five D and D books on my shelf, right? Sure. I am not particularly likely to play either of those again. Um, if I were going to pick up D and D again, I would probably just pick up fifth edition. That's what like most people are playing now. Um, but am I going to get rid of those books? Probably not. They were like the first, they were the first game, right? Like that I ever played. We played that campaign for like two years. Like, you know, they have nostalgic value. Um, the other one that I was going to mention here was actually a really cool thing that, um, that Quincy did who ran the Tales from the Loop game that I always talk about because <laughs> it was that game, right? But he um he had us all sign his copy mm-hmm. of the book. And um he didn't have us the players sign it. He actually had us the characters sign it and in the front of the book we signed like at the beginning of the story like it was a yearbook. And in the back of the book we signed at the end of the story like it was the yearbook. That's good. <laughs> oh, That's good. it was really really good. Um, it was really fantastic. And we did it again for things from a flood. Um, it was really beautiful. And, and so like those books are out there and I don't have them, but it makes me happy. Like knowing that they exist, like that particular game was so meaningful, um, to be involved in just for everybody The like the fact that those exist as souvenirs just like makes my heart warm. Yeah, no, that that's fantastic. That's a it's a great concept too, right? Like, right. It, it, especially so, for that game to do it as yearbook signing. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh Absolutely. boy, it was very good. <laughs> so I'll I'll just bring this up because um I I I never want to take credit for this because I learned the concept. So Tracy Hickman is the person who taught like me the concept of um the physical book as a souvenir of the journey that you've gone on. Sure. Right, like that's why we keep old books that we've read up in our shelves. Like I know, you know but otherwise, I read, like, but I read them again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you read them again, but sometimes you just read a book and like never read it again. Yeah, I keep going through my bookshelves and trying to cull those out without forming yeah. regrets. Um, I have different opinions about games. Unless but, you really love, unless you really love the book, and then you're like, no, I think I'll keep this. But then I read it again. <laughs> someday I'll read it again. I really do read them again, though. Yeah, so I think this is more true in role-playing games. And and uh, you and I have had this discussion. In fact, you and I had this discussion um, a couple of days ago when we were kind of prepping this topic is um, I don't often go back and play the same game again. So, yeah. like, I had a really good run. Like, both of us had a really good runs of Tales from the Loop. Yes. I probably won't play Tales from the Loop again. Yeah. Again. Yep. Uh, so my Tales from the Loop book went from play um, and we're going to get, we're going to just, as soon as we finish rounding out the collect thing, we're going to talk about this, but it went from being a play book for play to a collector's book because I also really liked, um, which I, I often, I also really liked that campaign and it's very fond of me. And so now I want to keep my book around for that purpose. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have to, I have to agree in, in a couple ways. Like firstly, Specifically, when I talk about Tales from the Loop, like it's difficult for me to imagine playing that game again because I feel like we had such a satisfying story out of, excuse me, out of our run of both that game and then, um, you know, playing our sequel. And it is difficult for me to imagine 
playing that game again and being able to achieve an experience that would live up to my current expectations based on the game that I have already played, right? And so I would rather just not. Right, like I don't want to damage I'm, the memory of it. No, I'm a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent with you. I um, it was my, so beautiful. My, yeah, my Tales from the Loop game was um, was amazing, uh, and it was such a good time. And the characters were so iconic um, for like for the game we played. Like I, I would not um, play it again because of of that exact reason. Right, like I just it wouldn't. I playing it again would I don't know cheapen the first. It doesn't really cheap in the first actually, instance, but, but yeah, but it it won't it won't add anything. And it's like when they take the TV series and then they keep keep going for a couple more seasons after when they should have ended it. So, because this is you know, get ready to take a drink if you're playing the home game. <laughs> um, I wrote a gnome stew article about this <laughs> called "You known. Can't You Can't Go Home Again," oh. which talks about Gosh, that's trying good. to replay. Uh, games that you had really good experiences in and the difficulties and challenges of trying to do that um, and recapture some of that glory. It doesn't Um, Yeah, so it's it's tricky, right? Oh, let me get to the last collect item. Yeah, then we can just like move on. And then we'll move on to the next part of the topic. The last reason you might collect a game, and actually this isn't the last because I thought of another one while I was there. So I'm (laughs) going to do the last two reasons you might collect a game. Okay. The last reasons you might collect a game is one, um, you might be supporting a charity bundle. Yeah. Um, So sometimes um, during um, different times, uh, publishers put together uh, publishers or the... um, like itch or um, like storefronts like itch or drive through will put together these really large bundles to raise money for charity um, with the idea that um, you'll buy the bundle because something in here, maybe more than one something, but something in here will catch your eye and you want to buy it. Um, and therefore like, you know, you buy it and the proceeds go and it's a big net because it's got so many things in it. So it catches a whole bunch of people and it makes, it helps raise money. Fantastic. Oh Yeah. I have backed several bundles. Um, they're sometimes they are so large, um, I can't even. <laughs> yeah, I still um, don't even. I can't know. even sort through them, and I'm just like, well, like... I have this bundle. I have it. It's there. Um, yeah, I've I've actually backed some slightly smaller ones recently um, uh, because just looking through it, it's been like I know I'm interested in the concept of these games. So, for example, there was one that was all solo RPGs that I backed. Sure. Um, I will probably, like, I'm interested in playing probably at least half of the games in there, which I think is a pretty good percentage for a charity bundle, actually. Because um, I would have backed it if there was just, like, one or two, right? Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. And then also, like, things that I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been excited to explore those. And um, because sometimes designers will do a bundle of, like, their games or a set of their games when they're, like, you know, for a specific purpose. Um so the one that's coming to mind, of course, is Ashes Eat the Teats, um, but, <laughs> which yeah, I yeah. absolutely backed because um, I was really excited about their games and also like, yes. <laughs> and also supports the design. I really want to support you in yeah. this. And I'm also excited about your games. So like there's that's a win-win for me. Uh, the other reason you might collect games, the last reason I could think of, is um, you might keep them for academic purposes. Um, and what I mean by that is like as a game designer, um, there are times where... Uh, I will think of a mechanic and I'll be like, oh, it's really like game X. And then I'll go to my shelf and go get game X off the shelf to look at it. Or for instance, when I was starting to figure out what moves I wanted to have in Hydra Hackers, 
I actually went and got all of my um I went and got all of my Powered by the Apocalypse games and went through all the basic moves and kind of just categorized them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is a fight move. This is an evade move. This is an information move. And like tallied them up and kind of figured out like, oh, you know, these are um, like, I think I, and then I went through and was like, I think I need these kinds of moves. But from time to time, went back to specific games and looked at like, well, how did this game implement yeah. that move? Right. Um, so that I think also academic reasons, research academic reasons, you might want to keep, um, that around. Yeah. Um, and then that same would thing would be true for settings and stuff. Like you might go buy a, um, you might buy, you might go buy a, a second edition, uh, forgotten realm supplement, um, just to keep it on your shelf in case like you need it for your current game. Right. Maybe you won't. Maybe you won't, but maybe you will. Okay. Um, yeah. So cool. So the thing I want to talk about next is um, we talked about these two things are not rigid. Yes. Nor are they exclusive. So there's some fluidity and at times duality um, to these two states. So, um, and I think we touched on the duality, right? Like sometimes we buy a game that we intend to buy, but we buy like it because it's also like we also have it because it's pretty. Right. Well, that's that's right. where if we specifically get into that. Frequently, I'm making the decision, like, I know I'm going to buy this game. Am I buying the PDF or do I want to show it off on my shelf? Right? Because I know I want to play it. So is this also for collecting or not? Right? Yes. A backed orbital blues at a hardcover level because it looks really pretty. Yeah. I I get into a thing where um, I am more apt to buy games in PDF at the lower price. Yes. And then... Uh, if I'm if I actually am going to play it, like if play is imminent, or I have played it for a few sessions, I will go buy the physical. Um, I try not to, like when I'm unsure of the game, I buy it in PDF at the lower price, and then, um, and then we'll go, and then I'm happy to go get the hardcover later. Yes. Um, if I if I'm if I'm super excited about it, I should, there are times where that differs, but yeah, I should make it clear that I really actually buy a vast majority of games in PDF. Um, unless I really have a strong draw to the showing it off display part of collecting, right? Yeah. The vast majority of my RPG collection is PDF for various so, reasons. Space being one of them. <laughs> well, and that's a huge part, right? So <laughs> I, I think this is worth, I think this is worth discussing because I know we had a, like a, um, well, I think we'll hit our last topic, but I think we'll talk about this for a second, right? The advantage to um, the advantage to collecting PDFs, even if you have no intent of playing them, is that um, it all fits in a drive. Yeah, it doesn't have to smooch <laughs> like, onto my shelf. Yeah, now it all fits in a drive, but I can't show it off. Yes, right. Like that's the downside of it. Yes. Whereas hardcovers, great. Until I run out of shelf space. Yes. And now hardcovers are a problem because how do I display them? Yes. Or store them. Like I have like three or four totes of like, like I have, I have two very large, very heavy plastic totes full of games that I have collected that probably aren't getting played again. Yeah. Like second edition Shadow Run. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know how you feel about Shadow Run. Yeah. If you ever I mean, tried to play it again, I would have some words with you. 
Yeah, and like that's like that's not going to get played again. And now the question is like, do I even keep it for collector's purposes if I have no more shelf space for it? Yeah. And what if I have no more storage space for it? Yeah. Like, you know, um, if I change like locations, like change up like houses, apartments, or whatever, can I even take? this with me like will i even have room for it kind of thing so that also um starts to become a factor in um your in the collection part yeah i mean Um, i have literally like a shelf right that has to be my rpg shelf and that's that's it and now admittedly i did that to myself because all the rest of my shelves are filled with books yeah, I don't. I, I really don't know what my maximum capacity of shelving could be. Like, I can. I have enough books that, like, if I just kept putting up shelves for a while, I could keep putting out books. Yeah. Um, but the real question becomes, if I was pragmatic about it, it's which ones of these do I really want to display, and which ones of these am I just kind of showing off because I have a lot of books? Yeah. Right. And I and and if you have ample space, like if you are Jerry, yeah, who has like shelves upon shelves in his basement, you don't actually have to make that decision. Yeah, right. It's fine. You can just have the best of both worlds. Just like you can have there. Um, you just put all of them out there. And Jerry's very much a collector. He's very much a completionist. Um and he loves doing all that stuff. And so if you've ever, you know, like when when we were recording at his place, if you if you saw behind us, like that's no backdrop. That's Jerry's shelves of games. And it's amazing. Um, so if you have that space, sure, do it up. But if you are cons- if you are constrained, like you can only fit um, a couple of bookshelves in your apartment, then you might need to be a little more pragmatic about like, well, I need a shelf for the stuff I'm actively playing and a couple shelves to show some stuff off. But what happens when those shelves fill up? Personally, I think just all available walls in an apartment should be shelves. And then you should just fill things in um, (laughs) as needed. Um, I'm very much, I'm very much pro that if that's possible, but you know, that's architects seem to disagree with me. I've been considering adding bookshelves to my bedroom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyway um okay so cool so um let's talk about moments where um these items switch like when things switch from play to collect and when things switch from collect to play um and that'll be our rounding out of the uh, of our episode tonight so um i think there's one like very obvious reason why something that you played becomes something that you collect yes um which we've already touched on which is the game ends uh, and you're going to keep it as a souvenir. Yes. Which is most of the stuff that I have for collect purposes um, is stuff that it, you know, it became a souvenir. Or the, I should say, the things that take up the most space. <laughs> sure. Now, there's also another part of this. Like, things go from play to collect. Um, also, if you think you're going to play them again some other day. Like, yeah. I, I don't ever touch my Fate Core books. Sure. Because I might play Fate Core, like, anytime. Sure. Like well, I, I don't know when still, I don't know when I'm going to go back and play it, but I will. In, it's still in the play someday pile, then, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably that's probably tr- that's probably more true than collect. Yeah, like, it's probably more true that it went from play now to play to someday, play again someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. There are times like like much like you, my um my tales from the loop book 
is pretty much now collect. Yeah. Yep. And I'm happy with it. I love it. It brings me joy when I see it on the shelf. Yeah. It's a good um, thing. It's yeah, cool. and I and I'm happy to it's, just leave it there. It's a pretty book. The art books oh, that go with it book. are gorgeous. Yeah. I have those as a separate collection. I know. I have all of uh <laughs> I have all of his art. You've been I have collecting. all of his art books. Yeah. <laughs> um good, good. So yeah. Okay. Um, so then when does something that you collect be something that you wind up playing? Yeah, that one is a little bit more interesting. And I think we had to think about it a little bit harder. And I think there's there's a couple scenarios, right, that are the at least the ones we could come up with. Um, so maybe you have a new game group or different people to play with. And that might take something that like you purchased to basically collect and it becomes something that is interesting to play with this group that maybe wasn't interesting to play with your old group. Or mm-hmm. maybe something that was relegated to the collect as being a souvenir now that there's different people involved and you're not feeling the pressure of trying to recreate a thing you've already done together. Maybe something that was a souvenir can also come back out of collect to be, maybe be a play thing again with different people. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another reason you might um, you might do that is uh, you might just be feeling nostalgic and want to just go retro. So, you know, maybe you want to just take your, you know, copy of Star Frontier's Alpha Dawn and roll up some characters and, you know, and play. Um, you haven't in, you know, 20, 30 years, but what the hell? Like, sure. Let's give it a spin. Sure. Um, and the other thing is that your tastes might actually change, right? Like, I know that the guy, the kind of game that I like to play has evolved in the time that I have been playing games. And so I'm buying games that I like to play now, but it's totally possible that, um, you know, I might pick up something and then be like, eh, I'm probably not going to play that. But, you know, then later be like, oh, actually, this sounds really good. Like, we could totally play this. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Just change your minds. It's okay. You can change yeah. your mind. And, and again, I think the bottom line of this is, right, like, there's no... um there's no right or wrong reason to buy a game. No, there isn't. Like, <laughs> if you want to buy a game strictly to collect it, don't. There's, there's no shame that's, in that. That's not right? a like, negative thing. Yeah, that, that's, uh, this that isn't is a negative a, positive dichotomy. It's just no, no. It, just, it, it is a it is a valid part of the hobby, right? Like, yeah. look, if 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 collecting physical things wasn't part of the hobby, we wouldn't have deluxe editions of books. We wouldn't spend extra time in. Um, printing books with you know um the glossy touched covers and spot glossy covers and or spot you know whatever gold like foil yeah, yeah you know you wouldn't you wouldn't do those things if there wasn't a part of this hobby um where that mattered and you know i will tell you that you know goodman games can tell you that it totally matters like they 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 did that thing with their rule books they went back and did it again with their modules jeez oh, their modules have alternate covers and they sell those too um so there's absolutely collect is an absolutely a valid part of the um of the hobby and um and of course play is the obvious part of the hobby so again there's no shame in either one of these i will posit though hmm. i'm gonna posit this and um people can comment on it i am old hmm. right uh-huh. so i tend to collect things um just because i'm old like i have stuff that i just haven't gotten rid of right um and i have many souvenir games because i've played like 40 years of games yep. right where i think if you're younger maybe you collect because 
you're really into something, but maybe you don't collect as, um, as vigorously at first. Like I, I'm, I'm wondering if collect becomes like a bigger deal as you get older. Like when you get older, you have more space. Like you, you have an apartment, then you have a house, then like what, like, you know what I mean? Like then you have more disposable income, you have more shelf space. Like you have all the things that support collecting over time. Yeah. It's really interesting though, because, um, I'm, I'm sort of thinking about like um, when I first kind of got into indie games, like I, 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 could, I could see it either going that way or I could see it going exactly the opposite way in the like when I first broadened my horizons, I could have gone just absolutely wild getting oh, anything sure, sure, that sure. looked vaguely interesting at all. And I did for a little while and I cleaned that stuff out, right? Um, Because there was stuff that I, going back and looking at, I was like, why did I get this? I'm never going to play this, and I'm not even interested in it. (laughs) Like, I didn't know well enough what I wanted from Mm -hmm. gaming to know that if I was getting it to play it or not. I was just like, oh, look, it's a game, and it's not D&D. Like, it's new games. It's so exciting, right? Like, so there there is also that. Which is... Yeah, it's a little purchase frenzy. Right. My tastes are much more defined now, so I do a much better job of buying games that specifically I know I will play, which I didn't do a good job of at first. Yeah, I, I, I would say that, and and we'll, I think this will be the last topic we touch on before we close out the episode. Um, I will say that my factors for purchasing a thing um, has, like... Even even my purchasing of PDFs, unless I'm like flush with cash or I'm super upset and I want to buy stuff, <laughs> um, my Aww. inclinations are um, if something is really far out, um, like like currently all my games are locked up, right? And I'm playing them. So when something new pops up on the horizon right now, unless I'm like so super excited about it, I tend to just put it on a list yeah. and be like, I'll just like, I'll come back and look at this game later. Yeah. Right. Like I don't have to buy it right away kind of thing. Like it's interesting, but like it it's interesting, but there's no way it's getting to the table right now. Yeah. So I, I don't think I need to go buy it. Yeah, this is um, this is why all my Zine Quest frenzy this year was like pretty much exclusively journaling games for one player. Sure. Absolutely. I can guarantee right? and, you I'm gonna play them. Sure. And there are times where like I've over like there are times this past year, like where my games were pretty much locked up. But like I bought Cyberpunk Red because I just really wanted to see um, what they did with the system, uh, you know, post Cyberpunk 2020. Yeah. Or so I just was like, I really just want to see what they wound up doing. Am I going to play it? I I probably aren't. I'm probably not going to play it anytime soon. Somebody might run it and I might jump into a game at some point, but I'm probably not going to run it any time in the near future, but I was happy to like buy the PDF and, um, and just read it because I was really curious about, um, how the game system evolved and how it didn't evolve. Right. There's a, for cyberpunk, I was happy in both directions. Like there were some things that were evolved that were changed that I thought were really good. And there were things that they like didn't change that I thought actually were also really good. Anyway. Um, I don't know. I think that was a really, I think it was a good topic. Yeah. I think we got that pretty much covered though. I, I and and it is the thing I do all the time, right? I'm I'm I, I like collecting games and I like, and I like buying games. Buying games to play them. To play, yeah, Yay. absolutely. All right. In order for us to close out the segment, we got to talk about a show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Uh, do you have one? I sure do. I'm going to talk about the Gnome Cast. On the Gnome Cast, several gnomes from Gnomes Do get together to talk about gaming topics and themselves in an effort to entertain you and avoid being thrown in the stew. 
or occasionally exploded by a teleportation um, mishap. Yeah, absolutely. That happened. That happens. Mm-hmm. It was weird. It was awkward. It was a little awkward. Cool. Hey, send up. Where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. Or you can find us on the Tiki Talkies if you're really, really into it. Um, or you can drop us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Yeah, uh, leave us a topic, an idea, a question, something to do a show about, just, just like tonight. Um, sadly... We're usually pretty good at um, actually crediting the people yeah, usually, who give us topics. We're usually pretty good at tracking that. We sort of failed but, on that, but it was too yeah, good. Yeah, sometimes it gets away from us. It was too um, good. We so still we had ap- to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we apologize. Um, but seriously, um, the goal of this whole show, because um, we will sit and talk about stuff um, all night uh, just to amuse ourselves, but the goal of the show is to always make your games um, more better fun. <laughs> um so the only way we can do that is to take the questions, the topics you have, um, and share insights on them. And hopefully by doing that, uh, there's something you get to take away from it that uh, will hopefully make your games better because that is really what it's all about here. Um, it's true. I mean, look, I would love to just sit and entertain you guys, but um, I just like my method of entertaining is like school teacher Phil. Like <laughs> frustrated, like I was supposed to be a PhD and then I wasn't. So now like my frustrated teacher comes out every time we do shows. Yep. So you um, podcast instead. So I just podcast oh, instead. Oh dear. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Mr. Mart Network, please consider supporting our Patreon campaign. You go to patreon.com slash MMP. Patrons of the show get access to the Slack Room for Life. Uh, that has been um, my P- Professor Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters um, during this pandemic. It has been my sanctuary, my home, uh, the place where I've been able to um, st- like stay connected um, to all of my um, to all of you all um, around the country. That's meant a lot to me during this pandemic. It's a cool place, um, and it's got cool people, and we talk about fun stuff. It's a cool so, place, and they say um, it gets colder. Bundled up now, wait till you get older. But the medium man begs to differ. You're gonna make the show longer. <laughs> sorry, you're gonna make sorry, the show longer. Sorry, Stop. Just, go <laughs> okay um anyway um your patronage helps make all of this possible and for that we are uh truly grateful um don't forget if you also support the patreon campaign you get access to the to the bamboo lounge which is our 15 minutes of ridiculousness at the end of this episode and uh you get access to the after show from instructor mark if that's a thing as well um that one's a crapshoot i don't know depends on what mood we're in by the time we hit the end of the show could be ridiculous could be fiery like it's been all of those things in the past uh, anyway, um, if you are already patroning the show, we thank you very much. And if you are unable to patron the show, um, we understand completely. Um, but there is a thing you can do. doesn't cost you anything. Maybe a little bit of your time. Um, first of all, please uh, tell your friends, relatives, shout it out on the internet. Like The more people who listen to us fall into our Venus flytrap of uh, if you listen to us, you will love us. Um, so help push some people into that. That helps. You know what? Maybe don't think of it as Venus flytrap. Think of it as a sarlacc. A right? sarlacc like, pit. Yeah, just just push them. Just push not, them not into the one with the new head edited in. Just the pit. No, with no, no, the no. Tentacles. No, I. 
<laughs> there's reasons why you don't edit masterpieces, right? Like, yes, we um, can't talk about that. Just, yes. but anyway. <laughs> so our marketing campaign, the Sarlacc of like, if you, if you listen to us, you will love us. Just push your loved ones and friends right in. <laughs> Um, so that they may also spend a thousand years listening to our podcast. So dark. <laughs> yes. Um, but oh, here's God. another thing you can do, which is basically to lure strangers into the Sarlacc. Um, We're going to stick with that for reals. <laughs> for right now we are, because okay. you know what? Tomorrow's, uh, tomorrow's oh, Star man, Wars Day. It is May so. the 4th, although this will drop a week later, but yeah. Yes. Happy Star Wars anyway, Day, Anyway, um, how, can, how can people coax uh, others into the Sarlacc pit that they don't know? <laughs> Well, you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Every new review we get really does actually push another person into the Sarlacc pit, probably, or at least it increases the percentage that they fall. Um, so it really helps us out because we're a hungry Sarlacc, apparently. <laughs> the very hungry Sarlacc. Is that a thing? And let me tell you what book? he ate. <laughs> One chocolate chip cookie. Two. Three of Jabba the Hutt's guards. <laughs> Three Gamorrean guards. One Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> a Boba Fett. And a, and a barge. <laughs> and, and, the, and the sand barge. Yeah. yeah. It's sand barge. I don't think you want to eat the sand barge. I, anyway. Hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. You started the Sarlacc thing. Anyway, thank you so much to everybody who's already left a review. We super duper appreciate them. Um, and, uh, let me know if there's somewhere that we're not going to see them, please. Cause I want to see them. I love seeing them. And then I'll share them with Phil. Yeah. Say, Senda, show me what is the next game you're going to add to your collection. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. There we go. You know, I know everybody in the Misdirected Mark Network says that. <laughs> And then I have found out on Saturday that that's also how the creation, the character creation cast does their start. <laughs> so they also picked up from me. A, a so, lot of people do three, two, one, clicky. Clicky, it's really important. You've uh, like you've you've inspired that. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, you know, well, you know, also inspiring apparently out of the like two and a half hours of audio that we recorded on Saturday, about an hour and a half of it was outtakes. So like, you know, that also sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's your jam. Yeah. I told them they knew what they were in for when they asked me to host. I mean, yes. <laughs> you knew what you were getting into. Good. Shall we uh, jump in and then we'll save some stuff for the bamboo lounge? Yeah. I just realized I should go back to the first page of notes. Yes, I did as well. Good. Bloop. I'll fix that in post. I'm writing myself a no fix opening.